Hey, hey, this is Sierra back at it again with episode four of the Self-Love Experiment podcast. Again, I just want to say thank you for everyone who's been supporting and showing love. I'm overwhelmed with support, overwhelmed with love, and it's such a beautiful feeling. Um, If you're listening on Spotify, I'm really, really excited that it is now streaming on Spotify. I was super excited once I was able to announce that to everyone. Um, If you don't have Spotify, but... um, you would like to and you would like to actually have like an app to listen to um the podcast instead of always clicking on the link for anchor you definitely can sign up for spotify and then go ahead and search self-love experiment under podcast and it should pop right up if anybody has any problems with finding it let me know but you shouldn't i found it on my own i listened to it on my laptop um so hopefully you guys can find it but basically what i wanted to talk about this episode is about me (laughs) and not in a way to where I'm just only talking about myself in like a cocky way but just kind of being transparent and letting you guys like into my world and how I um used to struggle with self-love and loving myself and getting to know who I was and who Sierra is um so just want to hop right in so if some people know me um they know I'm the youngest of three siblings um and I also have um a God family. Um, and what's so special about my God family is that they actually used to be my foster family. So, um, for those who don't know, I actually was in foster care from the times up from the time, sorry, I was five months old until I was five years old. So it's a pretty long time. Um, I still was in contact with my biological family. And if you know, now I'm, am with my biological family. I've I came back with my biological family when I turned five years old, Um, but I had to deal with a lot with the transition. So um, I knew who my mother was. um, I knew my my birth mom was and my foster mom and all of that. I knew who my real family was, but it was definitely a transition. So um, like a lot of um, people in the black community, you know, struggled with um, drugs and things like that. And that is not even me trying to put people's business out there. That's definitely my mom's testimony. My mom has been clean and sober for about 21 years now. So we're definitely blessed. I'm super proud of her and glad that she's, you know, progressing and is a great person and really got her life back on track. She's the perfect example of um, how God can give everyone a second chance. But, you know, my mom did fall into you know, what a lot of people at that time did, and it was falling into drugs at that time in the black community. And so um, I ended up being placed in foster care. And I was still able to visit my biological family. And I knew who my my mom was, I knew my, my family was my sister, my brother and all of that. But you know, of course, it's a little bit of distance there, because I'm living in a whole nother house. So um once I did finally get back with my biological family, so I was about to get adopted and God had other plans. So God was able to give my mom a second chance. And by that, she was able to get me back, get my siblings back. And so I moved back in with my family when I was five years old. Um, but again, of course, I had a lot of, you know, confusion, kind of some thoughts of not really knowing, um, even being that young, not really knowing where I fit in, like not really knowing what my identity was um, because of the fact that I had this foster family who was, you know, this, this was who I grew up with. And then I also have my biological family. So now I'm, it's not that I didn't know them, but now it's just a whole new transition. And so I had to really adapt to that. And it, I struggled for a long time. So, um, you know, I'm five years old. And um, of course, 
once you're going to a new family, well, not even a new family, but my biological family at that time was a new family to me. So once you're going into that change and you try to adapt at such a young age, you're really confused. You're really angry. There's a lot of things that you don't really have answers to. Um, There's a lot of, um, you know, guilt on both sides, on both from both parties. And there's a lot of frustration and resentment. And so throughout my years of growing up, I had a really, really, really bad temper um, because I just didn't know how to express myself. I wasn't able to basically just be emotional and say how I felt or say that I felt lost or I felt confused on who my family was at that time. So imagine you being, you know, five, six years old and you kind of don't know where you belong. You don't really know what's your family. You don't really know, um, you can't fully come to terms with what identity is. You probably don't even know what identity is at that time, but there's something that just feels a little lost. And so I carried that with me um, as I was growing up. Um, Again, like really angry, um, a little bit of a brat. (laughs) I could be honest there too. It was definitely me not getting my way in a lot of situations. So the older I get, I realize that it was partially being a brat, but it was also just a lot of anger and a lot of confusion going on at that time. And um, what happened for me is, you know, I I always grew up in church. So my God family, like I was saying, were my foster family as I was growing up. And once I got back with my biological family, they we gave them the title of God of my God family. So my foster mom became my God mom and I'm still in contact with her today and we have a great relationship. And so um basically I grew up in the church so my God family like all of them are ministers and they're you know women that are reverends and pastors and things like that and then my biological family we grew up in the church as well so I guess you could say I'm basically like a preacher's kid and um of course you go to church all the time but you know you know the bible verses you know the songs you know that but I wasn't really understanding or growing in 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 terms of a relationship with God because at that time I didn't know I was already baptized but I was so young I got baptized when I was like seven that I fully you know I didn't fully understand what it really meant to like serve God and love God and um it wasn't until I was about 14 um which I was extremely you know insecure at that time you're in your early teens or early to late teens and um I remember I used to compare myself to everyone to everyone that I would encounter like everyone it's so crazy how much I've grown because I remember the thoughts the overwhelming thoughts the overanalyzing thoughts if I had to get up to do something because I'm thinking like oh who's looking at me or um they probably don't like my outfit or I don't look as cute as this person did today so literally these like crazy thoughts and again you know in my last episode I shared with you guys that I actually had anxiety but I didn't know like I just realized like this past year that that's what it was so I'm overwhelmed I'm overthinking things I'm overanalyzing things and um again, you're insecure, you know what I'm saying? So that doesn't help either. And um, at that time, I didn't have um, people in my life that were affirming me on a constant basis. And that's not at any fault of theirs. But you know, sometimes we all don't, we're not practicing self love. So we don't know how to pass it down to others. So that's not to say that they were bad people that were around me or that you know I'm blaming the people that were in my life that weren't able to do that but it's just I didn't have those affirmations and I didn't have someone telling me that I was beautiful every day in those moments that I felt really insecure um so 
basically, you know, I was like 14, 15 years old. And again, I'm still dealing with this whole identity issue from when I was like five, six years old, still not knowing where I, where I fit in, still not knowing if I fit in, um, with my, with my God family or with my biological family. And then now I'm at school and I don't know where I fit in. I'm the church girl that's quiet, that does her homework. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really talk to people, but then I'm the goofy girl, you know, that has a little bit of friends, but you're just comparing yourself to everybody and you just want to look like everybody and be like everybody else. So it was a big, like tumultuous time for me. And, um, I started reading my Bible and I started going to Bible study and I was like the youngest person there. It was me and my friend Aaliyah. We started going to Bible study and we were like, like everybody was like super old y'all. Like I'm not even trying to be rude, but like they weren't even like 20s like these were like grown women but I loved it because when you think about it they are the people that know their word they're the people they're the people that are wise those are the elders um but we started going to bible study and I started reading the word for myself like a lot and of course you know you you kind of like fall off because you're still young you don't really know what it means but that's when I started to really like go into the word and dive in and understand um forgiveness and it's something that I personally still struggle with today with forgiving people but starting to read my word at such a young age and trying to develop a relationship with God and praying more and things like that definitely helped me um so I started reading my word and I started praying and it wasn't overnight it wasn't overnight at all but I was also reading the word about how like um like we shouldn't be angry and you should never let the sun go down you know um and your anger and things like that. And you really just shouldn't hold on to things. And so I realized that I was holding on to a lot of hurt, a lot of anger towards my family members, towards myself, you know, for probably examining sometimes that I would flip out about things that weren't that big of a deal, but I just couldn't talk to anyone. I just couldn't let out that sadness that I had. And so I was turning, you know, the sadness into anger and I was lashing out and I was literally breaking things. Um, I was breaking things in my mother's house. I was um, running away. Like a lot of people probably don't even know this, but I'm just being honest, being transparent. There, I'm not gonna lie. I probably gave my mom hell for a couple of years. I probably really did. And um, but it wasn't until I started reading my word and just starting to like reflect on the good things about life and um, even issuing out like the like counting down from 10 when you're really angry. Like literally I had to practice all of that. And it's crazy because a lot of people now wouldn't even see me in that light, would not even think I would throw anything or hit anyone. Literally God has renewed, has literally transformed me by renewing my mind because literally I was that girl. I might not just run up on you crazy, but there was a time that like, if you say something like a little too slick, I'm, I'm probably going to run up. Um, But, you know, going through that process, reading my word and realizing that it really was just because um, I wasn't pouring into myself. I wasn't allowing God to pour into me either. And so that's where the insecurities were coming from. That's where the anger was coming from. And I didn't feel um, like I could talk to anybody in like a safe space at that time. And so I started... um, writing I started writing poetry I started writing like just out my like my emotions so I couldn't talk to anyone again I felt like I was alone I felt like I couldn't tell anybody anything about who I was and so I started writing and I had massive journals and I would come home every day after school and I had this little blue little boom box and I would 
Coldplay, like everything, Chris Brown, gospel music, Kirk Franklin, anybody. Kirk, like Kirk Franklin was that dude back then. He's still that dude now. But this was like when Chris Brown's first album came out. So your man ain't me and ain't no way. So I got my little heart broken. So I'm writing in my journal <laughs> and things like that about how, why don't nobody love me? And, um, but that helped me out. It really did. And it actually was the start of my gift, you know, of writing. And I wasn't really sharing my poems with anybody. Like, I think I maybe told like a couple people at the time. I would read them over the phone when we still had to call people on the house phone. But I wasn't like telling my sister or my mom or anybody about my journals or that I was actually like being intentional and trying to like rhyme and like come up with things um, that were actually... um inspirational or actually letting me just like let my heart just talk through the words and also on Facebook I have like so many notes so Facebook used to have this thing where you could like write a note and I started writing poetry um on Facebook so if you actually go on my Facebook and look through my notes you could still see them because they're public they're probably terrible but um so I started writing at that age to to release the anger and so instead of me lashing out on people at this time I would just go write if something upset me, I would just go write. If something made me happy, I would write. If something made me mad, made me sad, made me want to cry, but I'm not like I'm not going to express that to anybody. I'm still going to hold it in, but I'm going to write it out. That was my way of releasing it without necessarily talking to another individual. Um, but then, you know, also praying. So then that's when you come into talking to God and asking God, like, why, you know, why is my life like this? Why am I so confused with, you know, like who I am? Like, I don't know what family I'm a part of. I don't know who I belong to, things like that. Like, those were a lot of things that I had to walk through, you know, at a very, you know, somewhat a pretty young age, 14, 15, you're not grown, you know what I'm saying? So um, definitely had to walk through that. And then, of course, being a teenager, you kind of like, you know, you fall off, you're in high school, you know, you probably aren't praying every day and things like that but I always had um this desire and this longing to hear from God to know God and um things like that and so I remember um you know throughout my life I just always just tried to just write out how I felt and just pray to God in terms of my insecurities or things that I um things that I felt sad about or upset about. And I still do that now. And I'm working on being able to share things with other people because sometimes isolating yourself and only just talking to God, like that's fine, but God wants us to be in godly community with other people and with people that know him and love him and trust him and people that will affirm you with scriptures and affirm you um, through God's word, not just by hyping you up. It's one thing to hype someone up and let them know, oh, you're gonna be okay, it's gonna be great. But for me to actually say, you know, you are the righteousness in Christ Jesus or to let you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image, that's a whole nother level. That hits your spirit and your soul to a whole nother degree, as opposed to you just being like, yeah, girl, you know, you know that, you know, you that chick, like, don't even let it sweat. Like, all right, yeah, that might hype me up for a little bit, but I need something internally. Like I, I need people around me that, yeah, you can hype me up when it's like trivial things, but can you pray for me when I'm really going through some things, when I have those moments where I feel insecure again, like I used to, or when I have those moments where I feel like I want to put my hands on somebody or I want to break something like I used to. So to me, it's just all about growth. And so throughout this, you know, this time frame, about 14 to 16 years old, it was just me trying to know who God was, know what what God's love really meant. And it was, it was about 
I would say my junior year of high school, that's when I fully was like, you know what? This is just who I am. Like, that's when I really kind of started to embrace who I was. And of course, it's still a journey. I'm still on the self-love journey. But, you know, as a as a child, that's when I was like, all right, you know what? Sierra, you're not fat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I start saying things to myself like, you're not fat. Calm down. You're making a big deal out of it. God loves you. You love yourself. You have people that love you. And even if you were, like, even if I was, like, 500 pounds, I'm still cute. That don't mean I'm not, like beautiful anymore that doesn't mean that God doesn't love me anymore that doesn't mean that I need to compare myself by anyone I mean by everyone that I walk past of course you want to be healthy and that again is referring back to the last episode but you want to love yourself for who you are and not for what other people want you to be and so it was during that time frame that I really was like you know what nah like let me let me start to embrace who I am. Like I wear glasses. Again, that was episode two of me talking about how I wore glasses and I hated my eyes, but I was also embracing that. Like I started embracing that junior year a little bit, even though I still had a little insecurity, but I wasn't over analyzing what I was doing throughout the day anymore. I wasn't making sure that, um, I only got up when everybody was like taking their test and not really looking at me. It was like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm walking down this hallway. I'm wearing that skirt. I'm wearing that shirt. I'm doing all of these things that I want to do because I am comfortable with myself right now. Or maybe I'm still a little uncomfortable with myself, but I have the guts. I have the I have the boldness to still just go ahead and do it anyway. And so basically for me that's where it started like 14 15 years old me writing and things like that and then it just progressed you know until up until now so I'll be 23 in November and um now I have a whole poetry blog so it started with just journals of me just writing through the confusion and the hurt and the anger that I had to now I have a whole poetry blog and um being asked to recite my poem at my friend's um sisters lifting as we climb event this Saturday like I would have never imagined this literally nobody but God and I think it's so dope because people are like you're flourishing and you're thriving and I just I don't know how you're doing and it's like I don't know how I'm doing it either I would have never imagined I really wouldn't have I'm a shy person if you meet me in person I swear I probably you know it'll take me a minute to kind of talk to you but once you get to like in into a conversation with me and you get me like in there you got me. Like, I'm just going to talk your head off. But it's it's crazy to me that I'm in this place right now, too. It really is. But that's a little bit of my journey. Like, I'm still going through it. And there's more to the story. But, you know, I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm just like everybody else. I don't think people think that I'm greater or think that I have it all figured out anyway. But if anyone did, I'm literally figuring all of this out day by day, step by step as I go as I progress, as I age, as I mature, things like that. Because again, you know what I'm saying? I, sometimes I still have those days where um, I don't feel like I fit in. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like I fit in with um, people around me, you know, and things like that. And that can be very hard, especially when you are trying to live your life for Christ and things like that. And I know we all make mistakes and we're young and we try to live our life, but like, what does that look like with trying to be, like, intentional about what you're doing and being intentional with what gives God glory and things like that? Like, it's really hard. And so that was one of my battles and still is my battle. Like, okay, so I'm 22. All right, I made the de- made the decision. Sheesh, why can't I talk? Made the decision <laughs> that I don't want to go to clubs. 
okay, so what can I go to? Or I made the decision that I don't want to, um, I don't want to be drunk and I don't want to get high and things like that. Like, of course, I'm not perfect. Have I tried things? Yes. Like growing up, things like that. Yes, I've definitely tried those things. But when I really think about it, it's like, what does that give me though? Like, it's not giving me anything. Like, what is the point of me doing those things? So that's a battle that I have because I see other people always like having fun and things like that. And I'm like, okay, so how can I have fun, you know, but do things that I want to do in my own way. So I started to just do things by myself. Like um, this past summer, I just started to like go for walks. I tried to like rent a bike from those little bike kiosks and it just went really, really badly. But I decided to just walk around the park anyway. (laughs) And I went to the movies by myself for the first time. It was a little weird because like I'm used to like looking over to somebody and cracking jokes the whole time because I'm that person. If you sit with me, I'm about to be getting smart, like talking bad a little bit, like little sad comments or whatever. But it was a little weird at first, but I actually enjoyed it. I'm starting to enjoy my own company and getting to know who I am. And that's what that's what helped me when I first you know, started to get to know Sierra in the first place. When I was 14, 15 years old, I was doing things by myself. I was talking to God. I was praying to God. I was writing. I literally would come home from work, not work, I'm sorry, school. I didn't have no job from school (laughs) and go straight to my room. And I really didn't even have to leave. I had a bathroom in my room growing up. So it's like, if I had to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom, come right back out, finish writing, things like that. Literally locked in my room for hours, listening to music, just trying to like just make sense of what I'm going through and also analyzing and seeing how the music like can actually relate to my life at that time and honestly that's probably why I love music as much as I do right now um or well where I am right now I listen to music every single day every minute of every day if I can Like there's not a day that goes by that I don't listen to music and I'm not taking in the instrumentation and I'm not trying to hear the harmonies and things like that. Like I love music. I love to create. And again, I didn't realize that all of those little things that I was doing at that time when I was going through actually helps me now actually is a part of who I am at this time to where now I can spot out chord progressions in songs and say hey those are the same chord progressions from that one song or that sounds like this song or hey that bass is similar to the bass that was in this song and it takes people like a minute because I'm like no it's not and then I'm like no tune out the words listen to the actual instruments that has the same chord progressions to that other song. So I'm there's things that I'm actually studying and things that I'm um, that are like kind of coming out that I didn't know, you know, were like was actually a result of me um, just trying to like get rid of the things that I was going through, but using positive tools, you know what I'm saying? Because for overall, a lot of teenagers, if they're hurt or angry or upset about stuff, they go and search for other things outside of God or outside of themselves. So it turns to having sex with people. It turns to drinking. It turns to, um, you know, just doing crazy things that you usually wouldn't do. And that's their story. And I'm not mad at them for that. I'm not judging them for that at all. But you know, I was able to redirect how I felt and give that to God so that, you know, in the, like, in the long run, I don't have, you know, a lot of bad decisions, like, or things that, um, 
or choices that I made, you know, based off of the hurt and the anger and the and the confusion and sadness that I was going through at that time because I took it to God in prayer, because I was letting God's love shine down on me and just letting me know that, you know, I, I didn't have to be angry anymore and I had to forgive people and things like that. And again, still struggling with that today, still a struggle for me to forgive people. Um, it's really hard for me. And I'll think I forgave someone, but then you have a flashback about it and you're like, mm, nah, I ain't really over it. And then you think you got it and you're like, all right, cool. And then you see them and you're like, dang, man, you really hurt me. Like, and so you have to work through all of that. And again, like I said, a work in progress. I'm still on the self-love journey, but that is how I let God work on me by and work on my heart and show me who I was by reading my word, by having conversations with other people. Me and my sister actually started to get close too. So it's crazy. If you know me, my sister now, we're extremely close. Yeah, those years that I was going through, like a little bit of that little whole confusion and anger thing, yeah, we weren't cool. <laughs> me and Odyssey were not friends. We barely talked to each other. Of course, we did the sibling thing, like you go to the mall together and stuff like that, but we weren't she wasn't my homegirl at that time and it's crazy because now we're super close like my sister is my best friend but it's amazing what God will do if you just let him you know what I'm saying if you just um start to just seek him and I was young so I really still didn't even know what I was doing I just knew that I needed somebody to take the pain away and it seemed like no one could do it it seemed like no I couldn't turn to anybody my mom couldn't help me out my stepdad couldn't help me out. And even though I had, you know, like most of the people in my family were, you know, saved and they did know God and some were ministers and things like that, but it wasn't enough for me. I, I needed somebody with the answer. And so to read God's word and for him to, you know, for him to, you know, say that, you know, we're made in his image and things like that. And then you read the Proverbs 31 woman. And so you see all these, all these great, all these great scriptures and, and these words that God is literally like writing and speaking to us and it's for us and we're, it's for us to um, apply to our lives. And even though I still had some growing to do with interpreting scripture and I still do at this time, but that was the start of it. So 14, 15 years old, you don't know what's going on. You feel isolated. You don't know where you belong and you turn to God could have turned to anything else and I feel like that was really God just basically like putting a stamp on me and even through growing up like I almost got adopted so some people that I know through my biological family y'all wouldn't even know me as Sierra Lomax I almost got adopted God saw fit to give my mom a second chance and also God saw fit that I would be placed in a foster home with a family that knows God, that loves God, that cared for me, that, t that took me on vacation, that took me um, to different states, to New York City and South Carolina and New Jersey, that put me around God-fearing people. And, other, and I have, you know, other brothers and a sister and things like that. So despite all the craziness and confusion and hurt and anger and resentment that was going on, God still had his hand in the midst of all of that. And I look back on that when I feel confused now or when I feel like I'm not worth anything or if I feel like, you know, 
maybe God's taking forever to give me what I'm asking for. Or if I feel like God is planning me in something, like I look back on all of that, like, no, God has a plan for me. God loves me. And because he loves me, I'm going to love me. I have to be special. I have to be. And even if your life story isn't even specifically like that, you're here. He brought you here for a reason. He loves you. Why not love you? Why wouldn't you love yourself? And I'm pretty sure, I wonder if God even feels some type of way, like not in a real way, but if you say that you don't love yourself and I wonder if he's really like, what, what do you mean? I work so hard on you. I work so hard to create you. I know every hair on your head, you know? So it's just like, when you look at that, when you see the love, the unconditional love and the sacrifice, you know, that was given for us. When I reflect on the sacrifice that was given for me, that makes me want to love myself. Obviously, I'm something special. I have to be. No one's going to give their life for me. For what? They're going to pay a debt that I owe, but the but they have to die in order to do that? Ain't nobody doing that because I wouldn't do that for none of y'all. I mean, let's be real. If somebody told you to die, you have to die in order to pay off, you know, your mom's house, you know, or just somebody else's house, you might kind of be a little hesitant. You You really might. Of course... You know, with some discussion, probably you might end up being like, nah, that's my mom. I'm definitely going to do it. But your first thought isn't going to be like, yes, I will die. I will take the heat. I will go ahead and lay my life down in order for you to live and for you to have life more abundantly. We're not going to do that. So through reading my word and learning that and understanding that and seeing the love that God has for me, it made me love myself. It made me be like, wow, I'm special. Like God, God loves me. God cares about me. God's not going to forsake me. And even in all the pain and things that we go through, there's so much beauty in the struggle though. You know what I'm saying? Like life is a beautiful struggle. And sometimes we get so hooked up on the pain and the bad things that are happening, but there are great things happening every single day. You just have to take the time to see it and to notice it to just look around you sometimes, to go, like literally just be be a weirdo, you know, go to the park, just sit around, don't have no music on, just sit and look and see what God created. Then look at yourself. Look at who you are, look who he created. I'm light-skinned, I, I, I really envy chocolate people, I do. I, I really, like not because I feel like I wanna be somebody else, but I just love chocolate skin. And so, but when I look at people that like my, some of my darker sisters or chocolate men, whew, I'm like, your skin is so beautiful. God created that. You know what I'm saying? And so it's things like that, that I just really get to see, um, you know, God's hand and his creation and everything and see how much love was behind that. And it helps me love myself. It really, truly does. It really, really, truly does. And it's not always easy because the world is crazy and we see things every day, you know, that aren't the most loving situations. And that's how I feel like um, social media can be toxic. It really can be because it's the <laughs> it's a great place to share positivity, but it's also the place where it's just groundbreaking with comparisons and toxic commentary and and judgmental posts and things like that and sometimes you do need to regroup sometimes you do need to disconnect from Facebook and from Instagram and from Twitter and things like that and I'm still a work in progress because me personally I can't go on Instagram I can't it reminds me of the time when I was 
going through when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. And I'm still being healed in that, still being healed in the area of comparing myself to other people and thinking that I need to look a certain way to get a certain um a certain person's, you know, attention or to get a specific group of people's attention, or there's a certain way that I need to talk and things like that. And so, um, Instagram is a trigger for me, for me personally, I can't go on it. And that's why everybody's like, Oh, do you have an Instagram? Or I found you on Instagram. You never added me back. I'm not on it. I don't remember the password. I just got on it this like a couple months ago, just to see if, um, you know how I felt, if I wanted to keep going on there or whatever, me personally, I'm not strong enough to be on it right now emotionally I'm not I'm just I'm not here for it and so I think it comes from being honest with yourself and knowing what your triggers are and things like that to know like no this really puts me in a down mood this actually makes me feel insecure and being honest with yourself if you're not going to be honest or keep it real with nobody else you got to keep it real with yourself don't keep walking around thinking like oh no it's fine I'm fine it's great it's cool And then you end up in situations or some things that you don't need to be in because you weren't being honest with yourself. So I'm going to be honest with myself. It is a trigger for me. There are some things on there that, you know, I immediately um, start thinking about like the past or the enemy comes in and, you know, slithers in my ear and says some things that is like, well, yes, you're like, you ain't never going to look like that or you're not even that cute or you need to look like that or you need to talk like that. And it's just like, that's not helping me be my authentic self. That's not letting me be Sierra. Sierra, then that's when I put those aside and I say, no, that's not me and that's okay. And Sierra, you're beautiful and you're dope for being who you are. So you have to affirm yourself. So again, that's self-love as well. Those affirmations and knowing what your triggers are. And again, by me knowing who God is and knowing what he did for me and the love that he has shown me helps me love myself. It's a constant daily, like it's a battle, you know what I'm saying? Cause we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so it's really hard sometimes. And I think a lot of times we don't really express how hard it can be, but it can be very, very difficult. But in this season of my life right now, I'm happy. I really am. I've been happy I mean, I can't really mark it, but if I had to say I've been happy since January 1st, I would say that I've been very happy and not just happy in a sense of it comes and goes, but literally I have joy. And I think that's actually way, 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 way stronger than happiness because joy can't be taken away. My happiness, it might vary from day to day, but my joy is going to remain forever. And so... I just want to say that basically this is this is how I practice self-love. And I, and I already mentioned this in episode two, talking about that I affirm myself through God's word and things like that. But that was my self-love journey with going through everything that I was going through growing up. And once I became, you know, serious about my relationship with God, that's how I started to see what love, you know, kind of really was. And I still struggle because, of course, I didn't have um, like positive Um, role models of like what love really is and that's at no fault of their own things are passed down you know what I'm saying so obviously somebody didn't teach me something they can't teach me something that they don't know and then whoever didn't teach them couldn't have taught them because they didn't know so I'm not mad at any of that it's just 
now I know better. And now I want to share that with others. And now I want to affirm people, you know, if I can and when I can, because I know and I've been there when you feel like you're alone or you don't feel like you're pretty enough or you don't feel like you're good enough or even for these guys, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of things that men go through and you don't have people around you to affirm you and let you know you are smart. You are dope. You aren't like all these other men out here or even if we're not pretending to those other men, but just uplifting you for who you are, for the man of God that you are, or for the beautiful person that God created, you know? So definitely just want to implore you guys to, you know, start there if you haven't. And again, like I said, it's still a journey. It's still a process for me, but that's how I started to, to know myself and to learn to love myself by letting God love on me. And once he loved on me well, I started to love myself And now I'm ready to, you know, extend that out to everyone and create this movement, this self-love experiment movement to where we can all love each other and we can all affirm each other and work together to get to where we need to be, wherever that, whatever that means for you, whatever that looks like. But hopefully it, it looks like you loving yourself and being comfortable with who you are and not comparing yourself to others. So, you know, I'm really, really, really excited um, for this podcast and this journey and what it's going to do in the lives that it's going to touch. And it's already touched me so much. And I know it's a little backwards because I'm the person creating it, but it's helping me. Like these episodes of this podcast is really helping me. And the love and support I'm getting from everyone is is helping me even more to keep going, to keep um just sharing my stories and sharing my perspective and giving out that love. And you can't love someone else if you don't love yourself. We already know that. We say it all the time, but do we believe it? I believe that. I believe that I can't love someone else. I can't fully love someone else if I don't love myself. So start with loving yourself and the rest will follow. Love God, love yourself love others. All right. Be blessed, guys. See you on the next episode.